This is the Benson Gregory Podcast. Interviews with leaders, changemakers, and real-world influencers. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Your support means a lot. Now, here's your host. Hi, I'm Benson Gregory, joined in studio this week by our very special guest and friend, Emmett Thompson, who is the Executive Director of Mission of Hope. Emmett, thanks for being with us this week. Oh, Benson, so good to be with you again. It's been a while, and thank you for deeming us worthy. We wanted so badly to get together and do an interview last year, but uh, the events of 2020 uh, just said, no, we're not going to do that. And it didn't work out last year. No, it didn't. So we're making up for it this year. So I'm glad to see you in person. It's nice to have you back in the building. You've not been in the building in a long time. I haven't, friend. And I just so appreciate your friendship and uh, have missed being here with your team and um, really being up in the Lexington area, for that matter, not a whole lot the last 18 months or two years or so. So thank you again for the opportunity. Uh, we were talking a little bit at lunch. It's been a while. We couldn't figure out exactly how far back we go working together. We're thinking at least 2006. I think so, yeah. Uh, possibly even before Maybe that. Maybe before. Uh, but Mission of Hope, let's, for anybody who has not – maybe we've not done a great job explaining it. Maybe maybe you and I have talked a lot, but we've not talked to the audience a lot. Uh, maybe we've just not done a fantastic job with conveying what Mission of Hope is. First of all, you guys are based in Knoxville, so That's you're in correct. Tennessee. Mm-hmm. However, you don't really work in Tennessee. The overwhelming majority of the work that Mission of Hope does is in Kentucky. That is correct. We we were birthed um, in Knoxville, Tennessee, actually, from the passion of the former senior news anchor, uh, Bill Williams, the NBC affiliate news anchor locally, who was the, I used to say, Tom Brokaw of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I, I know you've got anchors in this area, Benson, that the community loves, and they've been there forever and have just been involved with a lot of things. And um, I do have to say you've done a great job of helping us tell the story of how we evolved and what we try to do and the mission field we we serve in. Um, and I thank you for that. Bill, as I got to know him, Benson, I, I really found out he was kind of burdened, over overwhelmed with after traveling through some of these areas, either coming back from assignments or doing them nearby, he and his photojournalists would get off the beaten path and get into some really heart of the what used to be predominant coal mine country boom mm-hmm. areas. Yep. And as you and I discussed before, and you know, a lot of these areas have all but become ghost towns. It, it's just the nature of what's happened there. I, I tell people routinely, we serve a mission field that legions in number now have flown over or driven around going somewhere else. Not in a mean-spirited way. It's just the nature of it's out of sight, out of mind. And most of where we go, quite frankly, will never be near an interstate highway. But that's where we first started serving and doing ministry. Bill did a powerful story in 1995, I believe. Um, it was a two-part series. He he filmed it up above Harlan, Kentucky. And um, it was just a, a, a very strong uh, story and content about the challenges of life there. Um, for for families and and children in particular. A lot of people saw that in the Knoxville area, but there was one person that saw it that was just consumed with doing something about it. And I've often thought about this. I'm blessed to get to speak to churches and civic groups and others about what, what can happen when the Holy Spirit touches your heart 
and you become passionate about something. And you and I have talked about this, Benson. What 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 makes you hear something on the radio, see something, uh, run across something that so consumes you, you cannot not do something about it? Well, I think that's passion number one. But right behind it is the Holy Spirit touching you, convicting you. I got to do something. Julie Holland is the lady's name that saw Bill's story and just became consumed with meeting him. And um, they did meet. And as he would say, if beside me here, within five minutes, he knew why she wanted to see him so bad. Julie herself, Benson, was a child of Appalachia, uh, grew up in areas near where he did his story, ironically, the only one in her family to ever graduate from high school, much less go to attend and graduate from college and get a college degree. And she basically told Mr. Williams in his office uh, in tears, I, I want to go back to a little schoolhouse near where you did that story. I found out there are 150 kids there. I want to take some warm coats, some food boxes, and maybe a few toys on a mission of hope and give it out. And they did. Mm-hmm. And that, my dear friend, was the humbling start of something that would bloom and blossom into year after year where we are today. And now it seems like the thrust of what Mission of Hope does is Christmas. But you guys actually work year-round. And you have programs from scholarships. You do heating assistance. You do the wheelchair ramps and building projects. We, we do, Benson. This, the, the Christmas program, especially in, in the Knoxville area, is synonymous with what we do and how we begin. Because from that first small effort, some pastors heard about what Bill and Julie and her family did and decided we need to go back at Christmas, and they did. And and that birthed an even bigger desire and realization we could do something. So um, for the first two or three years, Mission of Hope really was just a Christmas-only effort. No home for preparing everything and all that went with that. And um, uh, as God would have it, um, they prayerfully formed a board. The board prayed for trying to find space to do a year-round ministry and get their 501c3, which they did. And in 1999, uh, they voted to hire their first employee slash director, and that's where I entered the picture. And you guys, like I said, you're you're involved in things year-round, but we're coming up on Christmas, and obviously Christmas is what we're here to talk about today. Um, It's more than, and it's really important, I think, that we convey this message, it's more than just toys, it's more than just warm coats. The, the mission of hope is exactly that. It's hope. Explain to me how you use toys and coats as a doorway to hope. Well, I appreciate that. That's a very good point. And, and I do want to come back to the different branches of the tree. You know, our new brochure, as you've seen, is a tree with the seven branches of how we serve through the two roots of how we get to serve there, schools and what we call mountain ministry centers. Christmas for us, it is the physical needs of um, nice warm clothing, food boxes for a certain percent of the students and their family members and siblings. It's a hygiene bag for every student. It's nice toys, a little bit different the last couple of years, how we're doing that instead of just having a inside the gym event, which we weren't able to do at all last year. And we have controlled access to certain schools this year. But we do try to do a Christian based program to let people know what the true meaning of Christmas is all about 
and and make Bibles available in tracks for students who want one and families who want one. And, you know, our whole thing, I, I've come to try to share with people the bigger picture of what we do. I, I never want anybody to forget that there's nothing we'll bring on a truck more important than letting those in front of us know that God loves them, but Jesus is their greatest hope. Amen. So you're able to go into the schools and pass out items and then share this love and this hope with these We children. try to do that. We try to not do anything that would, you know, offend anybody or but yet we we really are a ministry at the core and and we want to always be respectful of that. Um, we do a lot of events throughout the year uh, with different ministry centers where we're in a facility or the past year we've done them outside in a drive-through kind of format where we can help people more, the whole family unit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Christmas became an effort that we could raise the resources. What led me to come up here is my dear friend Bill Williams and I got to thinking we're serving a mission field in large percent in another state, which is fine, but I wonder if people know about that opportunity outside of there. I think you always have that kind of challenge anywhere. We, It's important also, Benson, to let your listeners know, and we've referenced this before on the station, um, we from the beginning have used the criteria prepared by the Appalachian Regional Commission. Their website is arc.gov. They are the granddaddy of tracking poverty in rural Appalachia. They started in the early 60s to this day. They keep up with the stressed counties list, and the number of counties in Kentucky are higher than the number of counties in Tennessee and some other states. But, you know, the Appalachia quarter they they define is bits and parts of 13 different states. Mm-hmm. And just had their annual conference, which I have been privileged to go to every now and then in previous years. They didn't do it last year. It was this year hosted – uh, by the city of Corbin, and Corbin did a great job hosting it. It was really, um, pardon me, that was the SOAR conference. I'm, I'm, the ARC did a virtual conference. Both those two groups have done a great job addressing, trying to create jobs, trying to uh, improve um, everything from Internet service, broadband, mm-hmm. uh, utilities, water, sewer, all that goes with that. But um, we're we're trying to just keep doing what we can to help those that are in the front lines of Appalachia to help their communities. Talk to me about the type of people that you are reaching out to. Who who are the kids in these schools? Just kind of paint me a very generic thumbnail of some of these kids. Well, you know, Benson, I've been doing this since October 1st, 1999. I have... Um, Read, researched, studied, rolled my sleeves up, gone into. I've uh, lived and breathed this at times. I still feel like a rookie. I, I do. Um, but but I, I, I realize that, you know, there's there's poverty right up the road here, brother. You and sure. I both know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's all around us. And every, I do believe that the gospel charge, we are to help those. I think what we have tried to realize is that children – have the least ability to impact their young lives uh, of all adult people groups naturally. So, um, you know, we're we're trying to help children not only with resources but with the love and care of Christ in that we come and care enough to help them. 
you know, a, a typical volunteer-led program by our volunteers is we get to the school. Sometimes we go classroom to classroom just to fellowship, just to say hello. Uh, sometimes we um, meet in the gym more often than not and greet them with a line of friends at the front door on both sides of where they walk in and give them high fives. Make them feel the same way you would your Kentucky Wildcats or whoever you pull for in a basketball game. But one thing I love hearing back from the educators and the principals that we serve um, is that the compassion and care and concern and love we give to their kids uh, is real beneficial and a blessing to them. It's, it's, It's really one of those um points that you never will be able to gauge and merit the significance of this side of heaven but it's so special especially with our scholarship program when we get letters back from these scholarship kids we've helped that graduate and say i just want to tell you without your scholarship i don't know what i would have done without the mentor you assigned i don't know how i would have made it so you know, we're hope fulfillers. We're hope extenders. That's what we do. We The widget we try to fulfill and make and serve with, Benson, is hope, and that's powerful. That's one of the neat things that you do is you get to work with a lot of these kids from preschool all the way through, hopefully, to college. So you're kind of able to track their progress and see the kind of impact that you're having on their life. You know, that's interesting you say that. I, I, I realize without being told, I see things in a weird way sometimes. I'm, I'm not a very bright guy, as you've come to learn. <laughs> But um, when we started scholarship, I started sharing with our, our faithful, be it scholarship committee, our board, our key Mission of Hope faithful friends, you could say uh, in an interesting way that our scholarship program begins with that preschool class we helped years ago. I love that you referenced that because in a way it does. We start early on helping children in these communities through the schools to begin with, with things they would need that we just probably take for granted, Benson, that our kids get automatically and maybe they don't have access to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there, there is a reason we go where we go. We go to the poorest counties, as I referenced earlier, but the schools in those counties that we try to target to go into are the ones with the highest free lunch percentage. And we have a number of schools now that are 100% or higher, free and reduced lunch. If you know what that demographic represents and means, and I had to learn it, we need to hang our hat there in that community. Yeah, absolutely. There was, uh, I can't remember who it was that did the story on, I want to say it was uh, Good Morning America a few years ago, where they had profiled some families, uh, specifically around prom time. And a lot of those were from counties, you know, in, in this service area that you're talking about, the, the mission of Hub covers. How many of those counties here in Kentucky? Do you know off the top of your head? I, I think we have um, 10 counties we serve in your state. And I think we serve six in our state. And the number of touch points are a lot greater in your state in those yeah. counties we're going to than they are in Tennessee. But, you know, I, I love this. Tennessee people that help us. Yeah, we're we're – you know, our our home for the hope, as we call it, which is a miracle in itself. Mm-hmm. We, for years, even when I met you, um, were like gypsies. We, we would have a loaned building, um, and that was a blessing. And I laugh about it now. I didn't used to be able to when the owner of the building we were in would call me out of the blue and say, Emmett, I've been wanting to take you to lunch. 
I'd come back in tears because they wanted their building back. Yep. But that was okay. It's just part of the deal. And then God worked it out in 2008 for us to have what we have lovingly come to call our home for the hope. It's a um, 23,000-square-foot warehouse with office space. It, it allowed us, Benson, to start being able to take hotels worth of furniture, mm-hmm. dorms of furniture, yeah, you get truck some weird donations whatever. like that, being oh, so close well, to Pigeon Forge and in, in the area we that do. you're in. Yeah. So I, I, I was there once and saw that you had like an entire hotel worth of just yes. the room furniture. Yeah. And and you know, we years ago one of the first big food donations we got, which we were in a loaned building at that time, and it took about every bit of square foot of the floor space. It was eighteen pallets of canned hominy. Canned hominy. 18 pallets. 18 pallets. When we, when we gave it all out, I looked at my staff and I said, we're probably the only group in town that's in total hominy now. Uh, 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 you were <laughs> yeah, in total hominy. Yeah, we were. That was a painful we joke, but I'm still kind of getting over 18 pallets of hominy. You know, we have we have also, Benson, we were blessed a few years ago with a uh, cabinet manufacturer who had inadvertently made too many kitchen and bathroom cabinets um, for um, a big apartment complex built nearby Knoxville. The group was from out of state. We got a tractor trailer load of cabinets and the guy says I guilted him but I I, I asked, I guilted whatever uh, counter guy in the Knoxville to provide countertops for those and all through places that would never have access to something like that Mm -hmm. and i love that because the resources once again i think another uh heartbreaking lesson for me benson is somebody not familiar with so many of the areas that you see stories you do stories about on your station that are flooded yet again in southeast kentucky Mm -hmm. those are some of the areas where we're helping brother bob miss mary that have the local food pantry furniture ministry, clothing closet. That's where we send those truckloads to because they live there. They know who's real and who's not, and we give them those resources to give out to those in need. So you're really multi-pronged, and we need to talk about the branches on the tree, but you will work directly with the schools to to work directly with children. Right. But then at the same time, you're also working with people who are already running ministries who are in place who are embedded in those areas, and you're providing support to them. That's correct. So you're not coming in and trying to work independent of the people who are already there. No, You're no. not just coming through and dropping stuff off a truck and waving and leaving. You are you're working with people who are invested in that community, and you're supporting them. You know, I couldn't say any better than you just echoed. Um, we're trying to find God's frontline foot soldiers buried in whatever part of rural Appalachia that are barely afloat. They just need some help. Yes, sometimes it is a truckload of whatever. Sometimes it is building the ramp for the family that there's just no one that's going to step up to do it. Sometimes it is helping in a different kind of way that might be uh, a very quiet, unspoken way. It might even be through a financial help indirectly to a third party of utility bills or Mm -hmm. what have you. I think the scholarship program that you know about and you've talked about on your station before, when we got into that, that was our first and probably ever growing to this day biggest attempt to help those who dared to dream get an education, get a diploma. Um, we we have bloomed and blossomed in every branch 
Um, we we like to say one of our branches is economic development in that we're not out to build ABC Widget Company, but we have on occasion run across companies that maybe want to build in Knoxville up here um, and have the space in the field behind their current manufacturing facility. But there's so many opportunities for benefits um, if they can do and invest and build that in a rural community, Mm -hmm. create jobs, uh, help people with GED education, uh, just a variety of things, make an impact. Mm-hmm. and improve the community. So we, we try to do that in a soft-spoken kind of way. And I think you know as well, Benson, one of the things we started a few years ago that I really uh, enjoyed getting to see how we do what we do. So um, we we started trying to, so many times a year, work with these mom-and-pop ministries in certain communities to do outreach giveaway events. So two years ago, the last year we did it, we were up to seven ministry centers all around northeast Tennessee, southeast Kentucky, southwest Virginia that we would pick months ahead. We'd ask them to get a loaned venue. Sometimes it's a church gym. In Hazard, it was the National Guard Armory up on top of a hill. Uh, it's been a church basement before, a school gym, what have you. Um, and we bring trucks loaded with all the kind of stuff we get at our warehouse. We travel and set up on Thursdays. We stay if there's a hotel available on Thursday night. Uh, we have our giveaways from 9 to noon on Fridays. And we have a moment of sharing when we first have people get there just to once again make sure they know the peace of Christ in their heart. And um, it's been amazing the numbers we've helped. So we couldn't do that last year. But in a happy medium format this year, if you would, we started back in the spring, have done three this year, where we set up outside somewhere uh, and put 20 tents in a row and put pallets of food, hygiene, first aid kits without meds, stuffed animals, school supplies, various other things, Bibles and tracts under those tents. And at each event, looks like a nascar race is getting ready to start because we have people controlling the the traffic through these lots where we set up but at the start of the line of tents they split into two lanes of traffic headed the same way Mm -hmm. and our volunteer task is they pop their trunk and we fill it up we give them encouraging words as you go down through there we have helped thousands and thousands of people this year doing that and i love the fact that our volunteers and our leaders of who helped me do this. They've, they've been willing to be creative, uh, to be open to let's do it a little bit different. And the ministries that we work with, who we want them to get the accolade for all the good that was done there, um, it's it's just uplifted them because for many of the areas we go to, I think what we learned last year, if we stopped coming, a lot of them wouldn't be open. Yeah. Yeah, last year was a, a difficult year probably in a lot of different ways for – Certainly the people that you serve, but also probably for Mission of Hope. It sounds like you learned a lot, though, as you were pivoting through the various obstacles that the pandemic presented. And you, you did you pick up some new ways, some more efficient ways to do the ministry? You know, I think we did. I, I think trying to be creative. We are the, the heroes of the Hope, Benson, I've shared with you over the years, are the volunteers that we have that are so dedicated. 
everything that we've done the last 18 months has been different beginning with how we do it at the Mission of Hope Office and Warehouse. The volunteer teams that go and help us do what we do, many of them couldn't go uh, last year. We've had some this year that aren't comfortable going. We work with the school superintendents now before the principals to make sure it's okay to come into that area. Mm-hmm. And I've just really tried to lead by being a good steward. I feel like by the nature of what we do and the numbers we help at some of these giveaways, which are seven, eight, nine hundred people, if we push to try to make something happen and we go because we always go and I take truckloads of stuff, we're going to have people come. But was that the best stewardship decision about mm-hmm. us putting someone in a position to have to make a decision that might not have been the right thing to do for their health? So right. we're, we're just grateful. We probably like most nonprofits and um, churches as well. Um, you know, you, you have anxieties, but, but God has so blessed us. We are extremely humbly grateful for the resource blessings and the financial blessings we're continuing to get. What does Christmas look like this year? How's deliveries going to work this year, and what are you taking? Christmas this year will mirror what Christmas uh, 2020 looked like in that we totally changed the approach to how we prepare it. I learned something last year I'd never thought about, here again, being kind of slow, but it, it was heartbreaking. And this is universal. This happens in your city, uh, our home city, and around America. Educators, teachers, who I have grown to have a huge admiration for, Benson, since I started doing this, um, they are overwhelmed right now. Mm-hmm. They're really overwhelmed in rural areas, in rural Appalachia. And we realized early last fall that we um, we could not just ship them pallets of boxes and say, hey, just take this and give it out. So we, we prepared it with our volunteers spaced out at workstations in our warehouse um, such that everything was prepackaged for them to do giveaways. And in the locations we went to last year for back to school and Christmas did drive through giveaways in their parking lots of their schools. So the stuff comes from we're going to solicit people to, yes. go, to go to the website. Yes, which our is, cyber barrel. Yeah, That's right. We used yeah. to do barrels. We if, did. If you were in Lexington, you remember probably seeing That's those correct. big blue barrels that we would have out all over town, uh, and you could put in food, clothing, hygiene items, things like that. Now we're doing it differently where you go to missionofhope.org. That's that's exactly right. And you click on the blue barrel there. Yes. And from there, it takes you to a, basically a gift registry, essentially, right? That, like an Amazon or someplace like that. Amazon, Target, and Walmart.coms. Um, we have, my assistant has pre-selected gift registries and clothing and toys, a variety of each, boys and girls. And this worked phenomenally last year. Uh, we joked about it at the office. The UPS, FedEx, and others were coming, so drivers were coming so frequently. We created a parking space and made a homemade sign right in front of the front door. Um, but that was a blessing. And that also, we've had to buy more the last two years because of trying to prepackage that. Mm-hmm. So the financial donations help us, especially at Christmas, but all through the year for that matter. And I'm glad you mentioned the website, Benson. Missionofhope.org tells our whole history, how to reach us, everything we do. And you have the option there. If you want to give financially, you can send a check. There's a mailing address. That's correct. You can give electronically, or you can do one of the gift registry items and actually have a toy provided 
that will go to one of the children at one of the schools. It comes to our warehouse, and we work that into the toy packing line. Mm -hmm. That's how we do that. So then the items are packed there, loaded onto trucks. Loaded onto trucks. And then they're delivered to schools where teams, like the team that we send from Central Kentucky here, we go and meet the truck, unload the truck, and put it out for the kids. That's correct. Great, Great visual for that. We didn't get to do that part of it last year. And at most of the 29 schools we're going to this year, we are going to be able to have some type of program, and we're very grateful for that. So this year we're able to kind of get back and do some of what Mission of Hope has been doing. But what's impressive to me is that even through the pandemic and everything, you guys just kind of pivoted. We talk about how God will provide a way without us knowing it. Last year is not the first year for the Cyber Barrel. Last year was the second year, right? That's correct. Because you had kind of launched it before thinking, well, this will be a nice add-on, and then it turned out to be – Everything. It what, was all what a ble- What a blessing to just by default fall into something. You know, we are, I'm extremely technically challenged. We're a very small nonprofit, one of the last ones to go to social media updates, if, if you would. But my dear assistant, Lisa Medley, came up with this concept. And, and thank the Lord, we had a year to try it because it, but you know, Benson, you know this. This is the way America seems to want to shop now. Yeah. So I think others will naturally follow suit with, with, with this. But our blue barrel is so synonymous with us and with Christmas. You'll notice, and you know this from your marketing signs here even, that um, that's got all of our promotional details uh, on it. And you can find all of that at the website for Mission of Hope, which is missionofhope.org. Yes. Emmett Thompson, Executive Director of Mission of Hope, thank you so much for coming in. Great to see you again. Thank you, Benson. Great to see you. God bless you. I wish you a Merry Christmas. And, uh, again, encourage everyone to head over to those websites and check out what's going on with Mission of Hope and see how you can contribute and really make a difference this year in the life of a child and provide that hope for some of the neediest children in the Appalachian region. I'm Benson Gregory. Thanks for listening.